So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 9, Episode 6 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Bilal will stop this car right now if Shida doesn't settle down. Muhammad needs Eve to give the plumber much more social distance. John and Thais do not start things off on the right foot. Biniam checks out New York and stresses out Ari. Guillermo and Kara let everyone know about their trust issues. And Jabri doesn't like how his mom is passively aggressively coming for Miona. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dunces, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. I'm getting counting down the counting down the days because you know next week we will be together. Yeah, we will. I am counting down the days because my school year is almost done. I have four more days, and I'm making headway on my final grades. It's I already feel like this sense of relief, like oh my gosh, so much stress going away. I'm looking at the calendar right now on my computer. I literally have a month of school left. Like, it's one <laughs> month from today that I'm done. The June 23rd is my last day. I have four more days. I could not be more thrilled. It means that we can record on Mondays again. Yay. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Yeah. So let's jump into some of these couples. Um, do we each have three? Yeah. Yeah, we did. All right. So I'll jump in with uh, Eve and Muhammad. So... Uh, Theron and Muhammad are enjoying some cartoons and dancing when the plumber shows up to install the all-important bidet. So since, because that was, you know, too hard for either Eve or Muhammad to handle. <laughs> oh, he is, tried. After scolding uh, her, he tried. Yes, he's tried, but I don't know. I've installed multiple of these. They're not that hard. Um, <laughs> anyway, after the plumber gets started, Muhammad walks into the bathroom and is very confused. He's like, what's going on here? That's my Muhammad voice. Yeah. He was expecting Eve to, like, come get him when the plumber arrived so that she wouldn't be alone in the room with a strange man. And at that point, they proceed to put the plumber in a super awkward situation um, by just fighting in front of him. They talk about how – and I'm going to say this. I'm going to put the caveat. This was all what he said about Islam and not what <laughs> I <laughs> would presume to say about anything – how this is this is just not done and it's not normal in islam to be alone with a man and then you know that's a big deal to him so just kind of, and he's like you should have told me you should have came in and if i'm at home and a man shows up you should like leave the house and you should under no circumstances be within i don't know he was not really clear because she was like is this far enough is this far <laughs> enough <laughs> yeah. all right so um that Anyway, she doesn't appreciate that it feels like he's scolding her. And it's also concerned about the implications of this rule if she can literally never spend any time with any other man. So Muhammad thinks that this really isn't that much to ask of her since he had to sacrifice so much by leaving Egypt. And he's just, you know, asking her this thing, which is just a normal thing that would make him feel more comfortable. So then she kind of makes a sarcastic joke about like, well, I don't know about all these rules. I have to make a list. And he's like, yeah, that's great. Sounds awesome. You should make a list <laughs> yeah. of all the things you can no longer do. 
They both dig in their feet a little bit. She says, you're in America. He's like, yeah, but you chose a Muslim man. Even if you're not Muslim, I'm not asking you to be Muslim. So they don't really get to a resolution. I think that they kind of both think they've resolved it by thinking the same thing they thought at the beginning. But it's pretty eye-opening for her that uh, he might be way more controlling than she realized at first. Okay, so I guess my question is, and why didn't she bring this up? How is she going to be able to stay in business if she can never be alone with a man? She's like a, a masseuse. Yeah, that seems bad. I, does he know that's what she does? <laughs> right? Like it's 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 this walk me through my walk me through my day. What about the grocery store? Am I am I staying away? Do I have to stay out of the freezer section when I go in there because there's a man in the in the aisle? And there's not somebody else. Like how does this all work? What's what, she didn't really get enough specifics from him? I think no, she didn't because even he kind of made it seem like it was okay that she stood just outside of the bathroom door, which was like six ish feet. So she like made a joke about, oh, social distancing, you know, so mm-hmm. and he seemed to be like, yeah, that's OK. Like, I don't think he's even very clear on how specifically is too close either. Right. And I I just think I was I was obviously super frustrated with him this time because this is ridiculous thing to ask anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I didn't really like how he blamed Islam for something that's clearly a him issue, right? Yeah. He doesn't feel comfortable with it. It's not comfortable for him. I guess that would be more my question, and I don't know enough to know. Is it ridiculous of him to, like, have that expectation if that is culturally how things are, like, where he lives? You know, if if it was understood you know, societally, that men weren't supposed to be in the same w- uh, room as, like, you know, women by themselves or something like that, like, then it wouldn't be that weird because it wouldn't just put it on her. Because right now, it really is putting it on her because it, right. the plumber doesn't give a crap, you know? He's just like, whatever. But if the plumber was also, like, in on it, you know, then he would probably be a little bit more respectful and it wouldn't be up to her to have to, like, impose this kind of un unrealistic expectation for like a service. Yeah, I mean, he lives in Alexandria. It's not like he yeah. lives in some like random like thing. He lives in a you know m- multicultural you know cosmopolitan place. So it's not like that. And so I kind of feel like it would be the equivalent if you had like an American, like somebody who was like super evangelical, super um, you know, you know, heavily fundamentalist Christian or something like that, that went to visit another country and was like, What? In America, everyone goes to church at seven AM and at eleven AM every Sunday. Oh, sure, that is sure. how it's done. And you're like, But no, that's what you do and that's yeah. how you have to do think things go, but that doesn't necessarily what it is in your entire culture. Right. Is is kind of where I was coming from because I feel like it was Mostly his jealousy that was coming up because Pete sure as hell doesn't seem to stick to Islam too too much when it comes to, you know, sleeping, sleeping with women and living with them. Right. And the whole bikini picture, which we see in the preview, is going to come up because it is weird. It's like, how could you be so like, oh, this is not allowed. But it's like, but that's what attracted to you to her in the first place. So that just is odd to me like no bikini pictures it's like but that's what drew you in so obviously they're okay ish right unless unless and that's kind of 
where the gross the grossness comes in unless you feel like oh no once we agree to be married now you're off the market you belong to me so we have to stop we have to take down the advertisements now like let's <laughs> and so it's a possessive thing more than it's yeah. a like scandalous or this is bad thing that we might see from some other people in this episode oh, gosh I know. Uh, well, why don't we talk about that? Uh, let's talk about Jabri and Miona. So Miona has been there for a few weeks, and she says that she's not comfortable. She thinks Jabri's parents are too strict. Jabri is out doing his music thing, and Miona's at home alone and bored. Mahala, Jabri's mom, checks in with Miona and empathizes with Miona being homesick and missing her family. Mahala says that she's trying her hardest to make her feel comfortable. Mahala offers to help Miona with the laundry because Miona's never done laundry with these American machines before. Miona is wondering why you can't specify the temperature and why you can choose only hot, cold, or warm. Miona's handling uh, Mahala some clothes, is handing Mahala some clothes, and Mahala asks her what this crop top is. And Mahala expresses her nervousness about Miona fitting in with her dressing provocatively. Miona says that's part of the reason she doesn't feel like she should be there at all. And she wants to try to fit in, but, you know, she doesn't want to have to change herself to do that. Mahala says that she may be right, but she's concerned about how other people might not think she's intelligent if she dresses that way. Miona says that her body gives her confidence. Mahala feels like how she dresses makes her uncomfortable, and since Miona insists that she still dresses the way that she does, she thinks it's kind of disrespectful. Mahala asks Miona to cover up, especially in front of her husband, Brian. Miona tells her she doesn't feel good about this conversation, but she'll try. Miona wants to move out immediately now. Mahala just wants them to be honest with one another. Later, Jabri talks with his mom. You know, real talk. Jabri tells her he's pissed off. He says Miona isn't feeling comfortable. Jabri thinks that she's taking it too far and she feels like Mahala is testing Miona. Jabri is concerned that Mahala is uh, just testing her and Mahala feels like the situation is being misrepresented because Jabri said that Miona said she was going through her laundry, but, you know, she didn't really go through anyone's laundry. Mahala says that Miona didn't seem upset when it happened, and she wonders if Miona is being fake because, you know, she didn't tell her directly uh, how she felt. Jabri just tells her to tone it down with the rules and judgment. Mahala asks why he's really upset, and Jabri says that Miona is trying to get out of here, and he wonders if she's making stuff up just to motivate him to get out. Jabri doesn't want Mahala's therapy right now. He just doesn't want pressure uh, and stress. Mahala just wants to protect him. Jabri says that even though the 90 days is fast, he lives a fast lifestyle, and if he runs into a brick wall, he'll just keep running. Mahala says that when he falls and gets hurt, his whole family gets hurt too. Mahala just wants to know that Miona can do the work and isn't just expecting to show her breasts and sit back and let other people do the work. All right, so do you think that Jabri got, like, maybe an altered story of what really happened? Or do you think that this is really how Miona sees things? So I think that um, that um, Mahala is actually a little bit upset that 
Miona saw through her Midwestern passive aggressiveness oh, and was gosh. like, oh, no, she caught me. She was exactly right what I was trying to do because it was exactly what she was trying to do. But she wasn't like, I went through, I just barged in and went through her laundry. She just did that Midwestern thing. It's like, oh, maybe you need help using the using the laundry there, huh? Like, that's not her voice, but that's my Midwestern voice. Oh, gosh. Right? But that's what it was. Oh, you need it. Oh, maybe do you need help using the machine? Right. That was the way of saying you need to do your own damn laundry. Right. Like, yeah. that, like, you know, Ooh, what is that? Is that is that something for your hair? Right. Instead of being like, that's a shirt. It's too small. Like, you know, she's so and so Miona kind of saw through it enough that she was like, yeah, she kind of found a way to make sure she looked at my laundry when we were sitting there and then mm-hmm. passed judgment on it. Like. Like, and so that's not really that far step different from, um, you know, just being like, just going through these tops are too small and coming in because she also sees through that every time Mahala talks to her, it's because she wants to yell at her about something or scold yeah. her about something. So right. it's like, I, I mean, yes, if you look at, well, what exactly was said? It sounds like, you know, oh, you know, it's not too bad. I was just, well, I was just trying to help out. I was just not worried. And, but when you're like, no, but like take one step beneath that and read in between the lines and you were, you, you knew exactly what you were doing and so did she. Yeah. Uh, I think it's weird that she kind of brought Brian into the mix, like with, you know, her whole reasoning why Miona should cover up. It's like, well, tell Brian not to ogle her then. I don't understand like what the issue is. Yeah, that's not, don't ogle people. That's not hard or like, it, I don't know. It, 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 it's one thing, we, we, but it's also because, you know, I when we're, from what I'm seeing her wear, mm-hmm. it's like, obviously it doesn't fit into South Dakota, but I wouldn't be like, oh my God, you're wearing nothing. It's not like she's wearing a thong around the house. No. I mean, honestly, it covered up all the goods. Yeah. Like, and that's fine. Like, fine. Like, and so... It was, it's definitely, I always am, am the same way. Like, well, why can't girls wear this? Because the boys, well, and I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there. That's the boys' problem, not the girls' problem. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Tell Brian, quit being such a creeper. Yeah, don't be a creep, dude. Like, there's not even not even boobs out and you're still staring at them. Like, come on, we can, we can right. avoid that. And it kind of gave me the impression that Mahala doesn't want them living there. So yeah, I don't I mean, know. Why, why isn't, why is this on Miona to be like, oh, she's like, you know, making up some beef so that way we can like move out faster, you know? It's like, well, have you considered that Mahala really doesn't want you all living there either? And she's probably like passive aggressively trying to start something where it makes you uncomfortable enough to want to leave on your own. Right. And then she can be like, well, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. She's super passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. So she can do that and then say, well, I never said you had to move out. I was perfectly happy having you here. And it's like, yeah. come on. Like, you know, it's like it's like how they don't fire teachers. They just give them like all your class schedule next year is six algebra one repeaters. Oh, Go for gosh, it. yes. <laughs> and they make you miserable enough where you leave on your own. Yeah. Yeah. What's your duty? Lunch duty. What about in the morning? Bus duty. Like yeah. they can yeah. get you if they want to. And she's kind of doing that same thing. She just not she's not making it a welcome house right and that's no. and, and and you know miona knows that and and mm-hmm. i think jabri knows that too and because jabri knows how she does things he knows that he always he talked about oh you're doing your psychology trick reverse things reverse it back on me well what do you want because he knows he knows he can't win a fight with her 
because yeah. she's good at that. And she makes it sound like I'm not even being unreasonable. Uh, you're the one being out of control here. Like, we should just do what I say. And eventually you're like, well, I, you've backed <laughs> me into a corner where I have no other option but to say to agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's hit the next couple. Let's talk more <laughs> weirdly passive aggressive to aggressive aggressive with Kara and Guillermo. <laughs> so Kara and Guillermo are meeting some friends at a brewery. Hillary and her fiance, Cooper. It's supposed to be one of her more skeptical friends, so this time might be a better chance with some fight and fireworks than it was last week with her family. So Hillary is mostly concerned about how young he is because remember, Guillermo's only 23. And this is a big commitment. And most people when they're 23 are just a friggin' mess. They can't do anything like this. Well, and also if they really know all each other all that well. So Hillary... As like, well, let's let's find out what what really annoys you about her. And then probably a sign of his youth. He brings up something that actually does bother her, bother um, him about her. How like whenever they go out to drink, she always goes overboard, takes it too far and, you know, is just like blackout drunk. And he's like, I wanted to go home hours ago. My God. And it always leads to fights. So she's promised to change, but that's not happening. And. He say he's really careful to say I'm not telling you what to do, but eventually, uh, this isn't this can't work if you keep doing this. So, sometime they're going to have to be the first person to leave a party, which is her thing. I don't want to be the first person to leave a party. So anyway, they also bring up a fight that ended. This is back in Dominican with things getting thrown out of a window, and it was like, I'm unsure about the timeline on this, but he was texting another woman basically his line that worked on Kara to pick her up um so she found out when she went through his phone which kind of stops the conversation there like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. you look at his phone and she's like yeah but he looks at mine more and then his defense of that was listen I, i'm not trying to find anything i just know if i do it if i open and unlock her phone in front of her if there's anything suspicious on it she'll snatch it away from me and then i'll know so anyway, Hillary doesn't think that's much of a defense. So in, in an interview, Hillary says that she doesn't seem like they're all that secure with each other here. But, you know, then they 90 days, not a lot of time, blah, 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 blah. All right. So let's ask, ask with you, like, where where are they on this insecurity chart based on what we heard here? Oh, gosh. Uh, the fact that they are actively checking each other's phones, that is super concerning, right? Yeah. And it's not even just one. It's like both of them. Yes. It, yeah. I mean, usually it's one person is jealous and the other person is like, leave me alone. But this is not like that, which is weird. Yeah. I don't know. I, I also kind of see it as a... You know, she had to justify why she went through his phone. So she'd be mm. like, I have nothing to hide. You can check my phone whenever you want. And then he's like, oh, I think I will take you up on that. But I really don't know what they're expecting to see. I think it's, I don't know. For me, I wouldn't offer that unless they really have nothing to see, you know? And so I think that's what people right. also think. They're like, "Oh well, I have nothing." Oh, to hide, you just volu- so. yeah, you just volunteered that up, didn't you? Huh? Well, I know, I know that's not where you're hiding your seat. That's why it doesn't help, right? Right. That's why it doesn't assuage your 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 jealousy or your suspicions or anything because you're like, "Oh, now they're letting me look through their phone. They must have a burner. There must be something else that I'm not seeing. Right. That's right. where our secrets are. Yeah, the secrets are just somewhere else." 
Yeah, so I don't know. It just, it seems to me there's a, a larger issue there and they're both part of the problem. <laughs> okay, so I'm going back to his, the issue she had with him, with the, the mm-hmm. thing. He wasn't texting that other woman while they were an item, right? Like she was just going through old messages and she was like, God damn it, that was your line. Yeah. Like you used it on multiple I, yes. women. Right. And like, that's, I think, fair enough. That's why it really bothers me when I hear people saying things like, oh, they're the love of my life. And it's like, okay, if this is the first person you've ever said this to, then it's kind of like I'm more willing to be like, all right. But if this is like the second or third person, like, and we see it like on this show, Single life even, you know? It's just like, they're the love of my... Didn't you just say that about your ex? You know? And so to me, it's like, it is. It cheapens the whole thing. So Mm -hmm. I get where she's coming from. I don't think it was as drastic as, you know? But when people say these things to you and you think you're special because you're the only one who's ever heard it, just for you to find out that this guy has said, like, five other people are their soulmates, it's like, eh, you know, do I really think you're my soulmate now? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just seems like something that would lead more to some um, ribbing rather than, like, a full-blown argument, right? To be yeah. like, oh, I got sucked in. Because, I mean, by the time you get to that, by the time you realize, like, oh, you said that same line to, like, everybody you were trying to hook up with, then – but the, but this is you're in a relationship now. He wasn't in a relationship with the rest of them, so it's yeah. like obviously there's something more to it than just him feeding a line. It just happened to start with that line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, quite honestly, it's not something that I would have picked a fight over or like chosen to fight about because it's not very productive. Like, what are you really going to do? Like, take back no. something you've said? You know, that's you, something you, you sarcastically bring up when you're like messing with right. each other. But at the same time, I understand, like, feelings of hurt, you know, and I get that where she's just like, oh, you know, like, kind of feeling bummed, like, oh, maybe he doesn't care for me as much as I thought he did. And so I I understand those feelings, but, I mean, it's really unproductive to get fight over it. Yeah, what's he going to do, go back and change it? Like, there's there's nothing. It's it's one of those things that's in the past. You can't say that, right. Yeah. So I think it's a weird... Usually we see this dynamic the other way where it's the guy that wants to go out and party all the time. Yeah. And the woman's like, uh, like but this was like, no. Now, granted, I think because she's a tiny little thing, it's probably like she has like three drinks and is like, can't remember last night. Gosh. <laughs> so uh, yeah. not a lot of not a lot of margin for error there is what I'm saying. I think, like, in general, though, it's, it is a challenge whenever in any situation you get someone who wants to party, keep partying more than the other person, right? And I think that it it's not to say that those relationships are doomed to fail or anything like that, but I think that you have to have a, a partner that is okay with the other partner, like, just going out without them. You know, yeah. like even we just saw Mike and Jimena, you know, on the uh, before the 90 days, like Jimena wanted a party, you know, and she just left mm-hmm. Mike. And quite honestly, Jimena was fine with that. The yeah. problem was, is Mike was not OK with that, you know. So I feel like if you're OK with your partner going out and partying um, and your partner is also OK with you not like having to be there, you know, then it's fine. I mean, 
you you shouldn't have to do everything together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, again, reading in between the lines, I feel like Guillermo was like, hey, we're going to go out. We're going to have a few drinks. We'll have some fun. We'll come back. I'll get laid. It'll be a great night. And then it's like halfway through the night, it's like, this getting laid thing is not going to happen. <laughs> I'd like to just go home now. <laughs> like now yeah. I'm holding her hair in the bathroom all night. This is not as much fun. Right? Yeah. And if she is one of those insisting that he stay out with her, because I could totally see her being a couple person. No, no, just stay. I'm almost done. We'll leave in like a half hour. It's fine. Right? And then half hours and an hour, and then that's two hours, and then it's three hours, and you're like, oh, yeah. I just wanted to leave. Yeah. Um, that I think that that could be a bit of an issue because I don't know. I just I, I I could see her being that kind of person a lot. I'm all for like couples doing their separate things, quite honestly, because you know that's what you have friends for, right? Like y- y- to find someone who has exactly the same interests is going to be difficult. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's going to be difficult. And it's not to say that you can't pick up a new hobby or two because your partner's into them and maybe you never, like, thought about it before. But I I don't know. This whole idea of, like, forcing your partner to do something that they're not interested in just for the sake of being together. Like, that to me, I just don't understand why people are incapable of doing things by themselves or with their friends, just not necessarily with their partner. Yeah, I get that. I just think this specific activity of getting just totally shit-faced, right? Even if he's not involved, leads to negative repercussions for him, right? Mm -hmm. She comes home sloppy. She might need a ride home. You have to pay for an Uber or whatever, right? And then the next day, you might have had plans and she's totally hungover and doesn't want to do anything. And you're like, okay, this is lame now. Like, I didn't even go out and now all the stuff I wanted to do is like, "Mm, can't do that. So I get where he's coming from with, with this particular activity if it's, and that, does it happen from time to time? Sure. Right. If it, but if it's like every weekend and you're like, okay, hmm, then it gets it gets pretty old pretty fast. If yeah. you're not, you know, kind of at the same level in terms of partying or whatever. Yeah, sure. Uh, speaking of partying, maybe partying in the morning. Let's talk uh, Patrick and Thais. Oh, so Thais and Patrick are heading back home from the airport, and Thais is noticing all the differences between America and Brazil. She screams when she sees Patrick's house. Uh, and she's just very impressed. Uh, but she's not that excited to be living with John. Uh, Thais is excited about the puppy. Uh, John gets a bottle of champagne out of the fridge to toast Thais getting there. John is planning on putting his best foot forward to impress uh, his future sister-in-law. They both leave and tell John to turn the TV up because Patrick and Thais, they're going to take a shower and more. They start making out like a little like aggressively and then we cut to the next day. Patrick offers to make her breakfast. Thais doesn't feel comfortable in her own place because she just can't walk around naked. Thais is judging John drinking a beer for breakfast. John doesn't appreciate being judged. John thinks everyone should just be themselves and if that means drinking in the morning, that means drinking in the morning. Thais says that it's difficult to get along for the sake of family. John wants to impress everyone by cooking breakfast steaks. John and Thais are making little jabs at one another. Patrick thinks that John is nervous about Thais being there and is trying to be protective. Which, uh, when John is making steaks, the steaks are smoking. And this causes Thais to cough 
and the smoke alarm is set off, and she's being kind of dramatic about the whole thing. John accidentally drops one of the steaks on the ground, and he says it's still good, but Thais and Patrick don't want to eat floor steak as they leave the room, and Thais calls him crazy. Later, Patrick is trying to get everyone to bond, so he takes them mini-golfing. Thais said she will try and give John a chance. While Thais goes to the bathroom, Patrick asks John to back off. John says he wants an interpreter, and he wants to hire his own interpreter because he wants to be able to talk to Thais himself. John doesn't want uh, to not be able to be with Patrick and gets emotional at the thought. Patrick says their family was not a family of unconditional love, which is why John has a hard exterior and seems rough around the edges. They seem just very emotional about, you know, wanting to make this work, and they're both end the scene crying. All right, um, so how do you think that Patrick is handling this whole, like, trying to get John and Thais to like each other, I guess? I think John's handling it. I mean, not John. Patrick is handling it as well as he can, Mm. despite the fact that both of them seem on a mission to get the other one to quit. Right? (laughs) Both of them are just like, I'm going to bug this person so much that they leave. Like, that's what that's my plan. My plan is to just make this person's life a living hell. So they leave. So Mm. he's dealing with it as best he can. Like, I especially like. Um, the part where he was like, well, I'm going to talk to her about it. And he was like, no, this is me telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you this now. Right? right. Because that's where it had to come from. It's like it, it, it had to come from, well, she feels like you're kind of being, he's like, no, I think you're being a dick. Stop being a dick. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's where it has to come from because, and although he probably should have said it like that, because I feel like that's more on John's level and John's language. Like, Hey, yeah. you're being a dick. Cut it out. <laughs> like, right. Like, All right. right. <laughs> I feel like there's there's something going on, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, definitely, you know, when Patrick started saying, you know, we didn't come from a family of unconditional love and, you know, John, he kind of comes off like kind of hard and, you know, they just seen both of them. I feel like was there abuse in their childhood because it definitely kind of read to me. That they were maybe not physically abused, but like maybe went through like emotional or physical abuse. Well, or definitely something. they had the they had the dad that walked out on them. Yeah, right. So that's gonna be something with oh no, I have to like, and I feel like they both kind of like oh, let me do what I can to like so that dad will come back and or dad will love me again, right? So that kind mm-hmm. of that unconditional love thing. But what was going on at the putt putt interview? Because I don't know if. Everybody was crying or high or what? Because everybody's eyes were like bright red. Oh, like yeah. Everybody, yeah. Like, it was like, yeah. what well, is going on? I just on thought it was because they were crying and like rubbing their eyes and stuff. I don't know about Thais, like allergies but, or something. But like, yeah. well, specifically, John, I saw John at first. I was like, is this dude like really high right now? Because his eyes are just bloodshot. Yeah, and then they put Patrick looks on. Like that. And they put Patrick on. His eyes were red, too. I don't know if it was the lighting or something, too, because, like, I don't think any time we saw him in this show, John was sober. Right. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm not pretending he was ever sober because I don't think he was. <laughs> <laughs> and so but it's also hard to deal with that because when you're not having your, you know, rational thoughts and rational thing, mm-hmm. rational things going on, like. 
listen, I'm all one for day drinking on your day off, right? Yeah. Like we, we've done it together, right? But if you're alone and you're day drinking on your day off, that's a little bit suspect. <laughs> like I feel like you need to find at least one buddy that's going to day drink with I you. I know. I wonder how close he is to Jovi. I feel like they could be because that's the last person we saw who's drinking White Claws and Bud Lights like as soon as they wake up. Right. Yeah. It's and. I mean, I usually wait till, you know, if I'm even even when I'm at the beach, it's like, you know, have a little bit of class and keep it to mimosas and Bloody Marys. I was going to say, I you, brunch. Yeah. <laughs> until you get to the afternoon. I feel about like maybe two o'clock. That's when you go back. All right. Now I can get the Bud Lights out. We're good now. Like, yeah, fine. But I don't know. And I don't know where I, I just I don't know where Thais sits. And I think it's just going to be a hard thing to work out because she just seems to sit on, I don't live with another dude. Like, just get this I dude get, out. He could be the yeah. night. He could be the nicest person in the world, and she'd still be like, I don't want this other dude around. Listen to me make sex noises. I don't like that. That's weird. Right? Yeah. And like, she can't walk around naked, which I was a little concerned because didn't she live with her family? But apparently. She's okay with walking around naked in front of her family. Yeah, I don't know who she will be. But she – it was so weird because she was wearing like underwear and then she put shorts on top of them that were literally the same size and shape as the underwear. And I was like, you are not any more covered up right now. I'm yeah. very confused. <laughs> I have no idea. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, she's just being overdramatic a little bit at the moment. Um Sure. I think John is just more of a, a guy's guy, so there's like no finesse there. And I think no, there's he's not, not there's trying not. to be a jackass, but it definitely is coming off that way. Oh, I think he kind of is. I think he's gonna. I think, I think he's so. kind of be like, listen, this is the jackassiest I get. If you're gonna live here, you're gonna have to put up with this shit. Dare you? Bet. Let's go. Right. And so they're both like being the most extreme versions of themselves to try to like. In a weird power play to get the other person to fit in or the so, other person to change. That's the thing is I feel like I get the impression that John is just one of those kinds of people that just doesn't know how to get people to like him. So he's just kind of like trying hard in his way, which comes off a bit obnoxious. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he definitely is kinds of runs in a culture and with people who it's like. Busting people's balls is how you get yeah. them to like you. Sure. Right? Sure. And, and that's kind of what he starts off with. And she takes it personally. And he's like, ah, you big weenie. I'm not paying attention to that. Right, right. I could see that. So, I don't know. I don't think – I, you know, just based on what I've seen, I just feel like he's more rough around the edges than he is, like, uh, maliciously trying to drive her away. Huh? I guess we shall see. Yes, All right, we shall so- see. My last one, Ari and Binny. So after a good night's sleep, um, Ari brings Binny some American-style coffee, which is just coffee from a Keurig machine. <laughs> it's not nearly as strong as what he's used to from Ethiopia. In fact, he just says, this is just hot water. This isn't even coffee. So then Ari brings up how she's stressed about being able to afford uh, not just rent, but all the bills. She tells him that, you know, even though she asked for a one-bedroom – they have this two bedroom and it's a year lease, so they can't it can't back out, and they're stuck with all these big bills. He's just like, yeah, things will work out because that's in the past they always have. Um, but of course, that's because in the past Benny didn't worry about things working out because Ari made them work out since she handled <laughs> all the finances. 
<laughs> so Biddy wants to follow his dreams, which in America, he couldn't do this in Ethiopia because they don't have many MMA fighters in Ethiopia. So Goodness. he thinks he can just double down on the training and have a career as an MMA fighter. Uh, but Ari loves that he's following his dreams and everything. But, you know, when she looked it up, she was like, MMA fighters don't make any money. So maybe that's not a realistic way to support a family. So, but she doesn't want to get into everything right now because it's their first day in the States. So they go for a tour of the town where Ari is actually going to be driving um, Benny around for the first time. So she thinks that the speed and, you know, bluntness of New Jersey life is going to be quite the adjustment for him. So anyway, he compares how much space and how few people are there are and around downtown Princeton compared to Addis. And she shows him all the expensive houses and like he's like, maybe we'll live on that street. And she was like, those are million dollar houses. We can't live on that street. <laughs> so and that just makes him confused. He's like, if we can't afford to live here, why do we live here? <laughs> so the next day, they expand things a little bit. And while mom watches Avi, they take the train to New York. For Binium, New York is just like, you know, something he's only seen in movies and he's super excited for it. So they take the train that goes under the river. It's like very weirded up. He's very impressed about being underground all the time. <laughs> so he immediately loves it there. The tall buildings, the energy. He likes riding the subway. He dances and does flips. And he's even impressed by commonplace things like the water fountains, which is one of those things that's interesting. You don't realize that they didn't have one in yeah. his country. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not surprising that they didn't, but it's like, oh, yeah, that's just a normal thing here. Yeah. So anyway, they go for dinner and they go for drinks. And Benny has a new plan. He's like, man, it'd be awesome if we could live here. And Ari is like, eh, if you think Princeton is expensive, wait until you see New York, especially for two people with no jobs. Plus, they're stuck in Princeton for at least a year because, again, it was a year lease. Then he makes the mistake of telling her to calm down. Oh, God. Don't do that. <laughs> Never do that. So, so Ari, to, to this point, has kind of spent her life doing that wandering thing. So, this new reality of being responsible for like paying bills and having a family to take care of is really stressing her out. And Benny thinks that it's just not fair that just because she's stressed, he has to get like snipped at and like lectured to all the time. So then she throws out a, and they have this little discussion about it and she throws out a, maybe we shouldn't get married, which he, he just kind of is like, oh, all right, fine. Like, oh my God, God. we're doing, we already went there that quickly. So here's the thing, at least I didn't get to. Did Benny really propose moving to New York or was that just a, hey, it'd be cool if we lived here, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. and it immediately went into a fight. Right. I feel like he was just like, oh, yeah, we should live here. He must know it's got to be more expensive than their place. Yeah, but the jobs pay more. He did say that. Um, like, yeah, but the rent is more. He's like, yeah, yeah but, but you we get paid don't more. have jobs right now. So that's also a problem. You mean our non-existent <laughs> yeah. jobs pay let's, more? Let's How would yeah, you double know? our salary of zero to zero. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, in that way, you can say it's infinitely more. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the problem, and I mean, this is like goes to Ari and parents everywhere, really, that do the same thing. When you don't have someone be fiscally responsible for things, they have zero idea about the value of a dollar and how far that dollar is going to take you. So it doesn't mm -hmm. surprise me at all that Binyam, like has no idea, 
you know, because he hasn't been handling any of the finances, nor will it sound like he ever deal with any of the finances. Instead, he just hands over his money and gets bitched at for like wanting things. Yes. But I mean, I really did think the way I kind of said it, like for him, he's like, why are we worried about it? It all works out. And she's like, like, it all works out because I stress out about it and figure it out. It doesn't yeah. just work out. Right. right like, and that right. that's incredibly frustrating for somebody's like, don't worry about it. And it's like, no, worrying about it is how I've made us get this far. You yeah. need to stop telling me to not worry about it. I also find it somewhat like um, uh, inauthentic. When, you know, any of these couples, especially this couple specifically, because this is our only repeat couple. And so the rumor is, is that if you're a repeat, that you get paid more for being on a show. So it's like, you know, it's like it's like teen mom, you know, let's pretend we don't have money, even though we're getting a lot of money for being on this show. I kind of feel like it's the same thing. Like when you get too much into money and the struggles of it and stuff, it's like, yeah, okay, but we know after this season, like things are probably going to work out with you financially, mostly. Well, at least at least the rent. How are we going to pay this rent is like probably with the money you got from the show. Like we're watching you pay the rent right now while he's doing flips on the subway. That's how you're that's how you're making the rent. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like uh, past that. Yes, absolutely. Be concerned about that. Um, She isn't wrong about the whole MMA thing. There's so many different levels of MMA fighters. And, you know, I think Mm -hmm. the average person probably knows a few names. And it's like out of how many actual fighters that are, you know, actively doing this professionally. And, you know, I I met someone who um, he was the neighbor of a friend that did MMA. And, oh, God, he was missing teeth. I felt so bad for him. Uh, You know, he had like the bridge thing and he had like some, you know, teeth. And but I. It just didn't seem worth it to me. It's like he lived a very humble life, which was fine. I mean, a comfortable life. I mean, he was good-ish. But, you know, it's it's not like I would have assumed he could have supported a family or anything like that. So I think Ari isn't wrong in being concerned about. And I thought she worded it very mm-hmm. well, saying, if this is your dream, Great, but this should not be your, like, main way to make money. Right, right. It's definitely a follow your dream thing. Most athletes, like, even, like, people who are professionals in, you know, kind of not name brand sports, even if you're, like, what do you think, single A baseball players make that much? They probably don't. Right, right. right. And and athletics is also a tricky thing because you only have a small window to make that money. Like, how old is Benny? Because by the time he's 35, he's not making any more money at MMA. Right, right. right. And then what do you do? And then what do you do? Uh, Be either a commentator or a coach. Isn't that what most retired? If if, if you've never even gotten to the undercard of a pay-per-view show, you're at that level of MMA, which is a big one. I mean, it's the same thing with bands, right? People can have bands and you go and you play with your band and you you jam with them and you have some shows. You make some extra money, enough money to like basically pay for your studio space and for your instruments. Awesome. That is a fantastic use of your time Mm -hmm. if that's what you're into. But like – if you're still like, you know, trying to be, this is, we can just, we're just one way, one thing away from a big break and we're going to make it. And so I got to, I got to quit my job so I can do it. And it's like, eh, like the vast, vast, vast majority of bands play at bars around town and have a great time doing it. And that's cool. 
Yeah. They're not going to be on the radio. They're not going to be, you know, playing Coachella or anything like that. It just is what it is. And it's kind of the same thing. If you enjoy the MMA fighting and you enjoy doing it, that's fine. But it's got to be like only the top 1% of anybody makes money at it. Yeah. But yeah. So, but they need a backup plan because, like I said, I think she'll end up getting a job from her dad. I'm pretty sure she can. I think that's their best bet of of making it forward because his right. other skills are playing ass bongos. So. Yeah, oh, God, I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, he could probably get a dancing job. Maybe New York in would New be York, good for that. In New York, though? Oh, there's a lot of people who want to dance in New York. <laughs> right. I mean, I we haven't seen really – a lot of his dancing. I mean, the very first time we saw him, we saw the bongo drum dance. Right. Yes. And, uh, yeah, but other than that, we haven't seen him dance. So it, it would be interesting. I don't know if he's interested in pursuing that specifically. No, he because he said, like, oh, in, in Ethiopia, I danced because MMA wasn't an option. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say he won't be great, at, he won't be good at MMA, but it's like, again, top 1%. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about Bilal and Shida. So Bilal is enjoying Shida's smell, and Shida is plotting to have a talk about children, but in the future. For now, they will talk about Bilal's need to have everything off the floor. And Shida thinks that he's just really uptight. Bilal is trying to rush Shida because he doesn't want to be late to Juma and meeting his family and community. In the car, Shida expresses nervousness about meeting Bilal's ex-wife. Bilal tries to reassure her, but Shida says her situation is different than what he was trying to describe because she's coming into this situation as a fiancé. Shida's also getting annoyed because she feels like Bilal is always lecturing her and doesn't really talk to her like a fiancé. Then they start to bicker in the car as Bilal tries to break the tension by making fun of Shida's booger in her nose. Shida then says that she is tired of the pranks as she smacks Bilal in the back of the head. Bilal warns her to stop and keep her hands to herself and to watch her tone as he threatens to pull over and kick her out of the car. Shida says that he's taking it way too seriously. Bilal recognizes it's a joke, but he doesn't think it's funny as he follows through on his threat and pulls over. Shida then asks that he just keep driving, and Bilal asks if she wants to try that again. Bilal asks if she's violent, and Shida says she was just playing, and he's just killing her mood. They're bickering, and Shida says he's losing points with her as she's crossing her arms and looking like she's just, like, in a mood. Bilal stops at the kid's school and leaves Shida in the dust without really giving any explanation what he's planning on doing. Shida thinks he should be more understanding of her joke considering his terrible prank. Bilal is mad, but his kids are there, so he tries to be on his best behavior. At Juma, which is basically like a church service, Shida feels abandoned and alone as an angry Bilal doesn't introduce her to anyone and ignores her. Shida meets Bilal's ex, Shadida, briefly at Juma. Bilal says that they need to talk about the car thing. He says it in like a hush, like, we need to talk about the car thing later. Shida feels another lecture is going to happen. She feels like she's been living in Bilal's world and she doesn't feel heard. Bilal goes out for a few hours and then comes back to Shida dressed up for what she thinks is going to be date night. Bilal says he's not feeling it because of the car incident. Shida says it's not serious, but Bilal says it's not cool and she was just persistent. 
Bilal says she hit him three different times. Shida says that's how she is with her brothers and friends, and maybe it's a cultural difference? Bilal says that he's the biggest jokester there is, but he at least knows boundaries. After going back and forth, Shida apologizing, he accepts the apology, you know, as a favor. Bilal thinks they need more time to get to know each other because 90 days just isn't enough time. They're already married. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) All right. So spiritually married, we want to clarify. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, but apparently it's a pretty binding ceremony in the Muslim faith. Like from what I've heard is it's like, yeah. Right. Right. It's not it's not not like uh, Indy from Love After Lockup with the yeah, with the God, spiritual, spiritual marriage. Married, yeah. uh, religiously married. Sure. Um, yes. OK. Whose do you think was I don't know, categorize it funnier or more serious of a joke? Uh, Bilal's prank house or Shida's like smack in the back uh, of the head? Shida's smack and then I'm not touching you thing was way more playful. Yeah. Like there was clearly obviously playful flirting, like love tap things going on. And he overwrecked for he just oh, my God, like they are clearly editing this to make Bilal the monster of the season. Oh, for right? sure. He's terrible. He is just terrible. Yeah. Like, and for somebody who's like he says with the straight I'm the biggest jokester he, there is and blah, blah, blah. We have not seen him laugh. No. Like, how are you going to call yourself the biggest jokester and you haven't laughed yet? Yeah. Like, that's not a jokester. Well, that's just an asshole. His brand of humor, like, if he thinks he's a jokester and he's like, ha ha, that prank house, that's the dumbest humor. I it, don't get it at all. I need, I still need someone to explain to me why that's supposed to be funny. I, I don't, don't understand funny why that was who? supposed to be funny at all. I don't get and it so, at all. It's stupid. And it's just, I couldn't tell because I thought he was, because I was thinking for a minute he was, and we've talked about this type of person who says their jokes with a super straight face mm-hmm. and you can't tell if we're being sarcastic or not. Yeah. And like, wait, are you really mad? I don't are you are you gonna do that? Are you gonna pull over the car or not? Are, are you seriously mad or are you playing yeah. at it? You can't tell. Right? I've known people with that sense of humor. But sure. at the end they usually break and smile or do something, right? Mm-hmm. Before actually pulling over the car. So I thought he was playing that guy, but no, he was dead serious. Yeah. And he was like, Are you a violent person? Like, what what an asshole. Right. right? Uh, what an asshole. He is such an ass. I hate this guy so much. And So much. Okay. And then, like, the way that he talks to her, she's not wrong because she said uh, – he talks to me in a way – like, first of all, he's always lecturing her, you know? And yes. she, she mm-hmm. said, you know, he talks to me in a way that isn't like a fiancé because he talks to her like a child, right? Yes. And for him, like – trying to act all like mature like he knows best and you know like this is how you should act he acted so childish when he was upset i don't want to go on this date night i'm gonna like ignore you you know and it was just petty it was just petty shit the way he was treating her i felt so terrible for her especially because that's her first juma like that uh, i think that would be a special occasion Right. And especially because she's already anxious about meeting the ex-wife and he has made it so uncomfortable for her now. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like if, if if even ostensibly he wants her to be a part of this community. Right. Right. Like, wow, what a crappy way to get it off in the front foot. Yeah. Right. You make her it kind of makes her look like the asshole, by the way. Yes. It does. To everybody at the place. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Oh, she doesn't want to come over and talk to us. Okay, I see how it is. Right, fine. She's gonna be she's gonna be snotty where he was the one being snotty. Yeah, him not talking to her and going to get the kids and stuff, and then doing that, doing that. It's again like a dad thing. Yeah, we need to talk about what happened to the car later. Just so you know. Hmm. Like, I know. Oh God. Yes. He does. I mean, you're right. There's no, there's no other better way to put it. But it's not even like a. I want to say a good dad versus bad dad. Right. But it's not even like a good dad. <laughs> like, it's like an asshole dad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't condescend to my children like that. Well, I think like, like I a, a dad that's lost patience, right? So yeah. an impatient yeah. dad, which, you know, we – I understand that, you know, parenting must be very <laughs> – uh, tiring and I'm sure you know everybody has their good moments or bad moments but yeah of course absolutely but he's yeah. definitely you know talking to her like an impatient dad so oof. yeah I just oh man I just want her to go away I just want her to get away because he's pretty bad like it even starts off with like even when they started off with the I just don't wouldn't you just not want to have drawers on the, on the thing when you get away because he doesn't even I don't know. He doesn't even directly say like, hey, I'm actually pretty particular about this. I prefer if you could just put your clothes straight in the laundry basket. He's like, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice, young lady, if you're, you didn't have to look at drawers when you got up in the morning? And it's like – and again, I couldn't tell. Is he – uh, it, it's getting to the point now where I'm like, I can't tell if he's just giving her a hard time about it or if he's actually lecturing her. And now it's just be like, no, no, no. He's just actually lecturing her. That's that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's not giving her a hard time. It's not playful. It's not flirty. He's just being a jerk. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't get like how he even sees her or people in general that talk to their partners that way. Right. It's like how yeah, do you view I don't yourself either. and them? Because it doesn't seem like they view themselves as equals because why would you talk to them like that? He absolutely – he cannot talk to her like that and see himself as her equal. He yeah. can't. He can't. He clearly thinks the I am the, I don't know, savior. Uh, right. Like number one. I don't know what he thinks he is, but he yeah. clearly thinks it puts her in an inferior position. Right. And that to me is what makes him the most disgusting is like he doesn't mm-hmm. even like try to pretend that he thinks he's better than her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he no, he doesn't try to pretend that he doesn't. Right? Yeah. He definitely thinks he's better. Than oh, him. yeah, 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 definitely. All right, so this week we did not hear from Emily and Kobe. Parent land over there. Uh, so out of the group, uh, who was your student of the week? Um, I went with Patrick. I did too. Just for trying, he 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 really did some some good diplomatic things. I, yes. Like I said, I really liked how he switched it up when John was like, well, you better tell me. And he was like, you know what? No, wait. This is me telling you that. Like, yeah. she can tell you later, but this is me. And, you know, I thought he was clear with both of them, like mm-hmm. what, what his expectations were. And they weren't unreasonable expectations. Like, don't be alone in a room with a man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Or in a house with a man. In the entire house. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I thought that. You know, we've had issues with, you know, parental conflict and even like uh, or uh, I should say familial conflict and even situations like uh, Jabri and Miona and uh, Mahala, you know, and I don't know if Jabri, I know he was well intended, but I felt like Patrick may have been a little bit more effective in mm-hmm. trying to uh, negotiate peace on both sides. And I think also not putting the blame on anyone specifically, right? Like right. you both could, you know, 
afford to give the other person a little bit more like uh, leniency and give them a chance. So he kind of put it on both of them, which I think was, like you mentioned, a more diplomatic approach than, you know, Jabri, who's coming in with the Mahalo, like, you did something wrong, mom, you need to stop this. Y'all pissed off, mom. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fair enough. What about your dunce? So, okay. So, I don't want to keep repeating the same people over and over again. And yes, I believe that- I agree. Last week, I put Bilal. And based on the previews, I think I'm going to pick somebody else next week. Um, so, this uh-huh. time, I went with John. Because um, I I think I feel like I just know more guys like John than maybe you do. Mm-hmm. And I, for, to that end, I think, like, even for that kind of guy, he was being pretty aggressive. Like, and he was, he was going for, he was, he was trying to needle her. He was trying to get a reaction out of her, trying to get a rise out of her. So, um, I, I just don't, I, I don't think he's trying to be accommodating. And, you know, there's other people not trying to be accommodating too that I'm thinking about it. You know, I could put Mahalo on that list too, but that's just kind of where it is. But I went with John. Okay, so as much as, you know, we don't want to keep on giving to the same person, some people just really deserve it that many times. And so I went with Bilal. Fair enough. Yeah, he's just Oh, goodness. I mean, someone at this point has got to do something very terrible for Bilal to not be the bottom of my list when we do power rankings. Yeah. uh, Well, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's got to be pretty bad. He's, he's very, very bad. Right. Which um, brings me to my life lesson because my life lesson is mainly directed at Bilal, but also, you know, a little bit to John, a little bit to Mahala. Mm -hmm. Don't dish out something if you can't take it. Yeah. Like if you're going to put out jokes that, you know, aren't going to land great with other people, you're going to have to expect them to joke back with you. And you, if you can't, if you can't take it and you can't take a joke that isn't necessarily humor, then you shouldn't be dishing it out to everybody else. Right. And I think to that point, like clearly they have different senses of humor, right? Yes. If, if Shida is not understanding Bilal's weird prank. You know, he's got to, no. yeah, and he's got to, like, understand that what she think is thinks is going to be funny might also be somewhat offensive to him, too. So it's like, quite, quit being so hard on her, like she was the only one who did something offensive. Yeah, and stuck with something, like, well after it was clear that it wasn't vibing with her, right? Right, right, yeah. So my life lesson also directed at Bilal because he seems to need the most help. <laughs> he, he has the most areas of growth of anyone, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but short and sweet, don't talk to your partner like they're a child. Oh, man. It's like, what kind of dynamic is that setting up for them, you know? So it's just like, talk to them like you're equal. I mean, it's it's so weird that, like, you really have to have that, that um, just narcissistic attitude. Because I would mm-hmm. just assume if I talked to somebody like that, they would walk the fuck away. Like, be like, yeah, no, I don't need yes. to take this. I'm not, t- I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and listen to somebody talk to me like that. And this is what I don't understand, too. I feel like that's how he talks. And so I do think there is a little bit of element of that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how are you a successful salesperson? Like, you're essentially, you're a realtor. You sell things, oh, right? No, I believe how- that. I believe that really? people, oh yeah, people cave, a lot of people cave when they feel like this smarter, this person is lecturing me and telling me I'm not making a good decision and they'll make it, oh, it doesn't God. work on me because I'm like, oh, you think I'm wrong? 
fuck you, buddy. I'm out of here. Like, I'm like, I'll show you a good decision. You're going to try to convince me like that? Like, I'm a I'm a very hard sell. But like uh, most real estate agents I've talked to condescend and they're like, well, you know, the market here is just going to keep going up and there's no way you're going to afford. Like, they lecture me. And I'm like, oh, really? I would have been like, ew, who are you? And I would walk away too. <laughs> I would not like that. I don't like yeah. most salespeople because I get a lot of salespeople that lecture. So it must work. Well, to me, there is a difference between like sharing information, you know, and like talking down to someone like I know something you don't. Oh, no. That's how they all I'm do it. Oh, my gosh. Maybe that's what I get. I'm the expert. Oh, of course you want the warranty. You an idiot. Court only idiot yeah. would not want the warranty. Like, yeah. oh, you want like the base package style. of the car? Pfft, come on, man. You both, we both know that you really want the – they do that all the time. That's what I get yeah. all the time from salespeople, which is why I don't like salespeople. <laughs> They're not my favorite either. Mostly because <laughs> I just like – I think I like to make decisions for myself too and I don't need people hovering. That's also – Yeah, that's like true. Yeah, very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we saw a preview for next week. Uh, looks like we will see Emily and Kobe next week and uh, more drama to come. Yeah. Yeah. More. It seems like we're really going to start ratcheting up the drama yet. I mean, we're on. It's just crazy to think how much different the show is than when it started, because this is going to be what? Episode six. This was five. Right. Yeah. And everybody is the first week. Yeah, so, right. I, I yeah, feel like back, back in like over. halfway done, wedding dresses would be bought, like all kinds of yeah. stuff, right? <laughs> or at least the wedding dress shopping episode of happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel so. like we're, we're a few away from uh, wedding dress shopping. Oh, yeah, definitely. Or any wedding planning. No one's planning any weddings. Everybody's just, yeah, getting used to living in their house right now. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back uh, next week and we will be in, well, at least us, we'll yeah. be in person. We will so, be in person. So uh, we're thinking about switching up uh, the format a little bit to be more of a reaction episode. So we'll probably pause after every segment, summarize and give a reaction. So it might be in a bit of a different order. We're still working it out. We'll we'll figure it out, but uh, going to try something new. So hopefully yep. y'all will uh, enjoy it and we'll see y'all next week. All right. See everybody then. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye.